We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another edition of Bangerangs and Daggers, a Coronation podcast. My name is Patrick Gerhardt, your host, and with me is Kevin Knight again. Kevin, how are things out in D.C. for you? Oh, they're good. We're, uh, you know, hey, uh, can Scott Frost move the game up to Friday, by the way? Um, it's going to be rainy and cold here on Friday, and it's actually going to be, I think, I saw in the 60s on Friday, so uh, let, let's move the game up. Um, I, I don't really want to sit in the rain. So. Yeah, here's, here's the thing about that, though. Nebraska, while as um, even keel as it can be between the run and the pass, the rain favors the run, and I know Maryland does not have the run. No, so, they don't have a lot of anything this season, no, really. No, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> and, of course, we only went, like, what, 20 seconds into the podcast before we started talking about football? True, but it's relevant it's, this week. So It is relevant this week, but, you know, I mean, just from here on out, you're, you're new to the podcast. Uh, we try to go as long as possible on this one <laughs> before we start talking about football. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, I'm sorry. After this weekend, I'm having amnesia. What is football again? I, I don't know go. this sport. Yeah. This is why we bring you on. You're smart. You catch quickly. You're better than I am on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm great at amnesia when it comes to football. So, uh, yeah. Let's, well, uh, you know, let's move it, on. It's Yeah, I think some Nebraskans <laughs> are getting better at amnesia. I'm still not great at it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, gosh, yeah, no, no football after this weekend, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, there, there was a win in the Hoiberg era. So let's, uh, exactly. yeah, Nebraska ball, more importantly, is now one and two. We got the first one, a good solid win, don't you think? Yeah, South Dakota, uh, South Dakota State's a good team. I mean, they were at the end of a road trip out to California on it. I will be honest about that. They were tired. They played like they were tired, but mm-hmm. they're a good team. And we got a 90-73 home win for the first win of the Hoiberg era, and it was a good yeah. one. Well, and here, I mean, not only was you know South Dakota State a little bit tired, you could tell, but Nebraska, the team came out and they played hard. They played on fire. And even if South Dakota State was refreshed and played well, Nebraska was shooting to the point to where I still think they would have won that game. It would oh, have been totally. closer, but they, they, you know, Nebraska, those players who who were highly lauded coming in, who had four, three, and four stars next to their name coming out of high school, who transferred in, they all played well. Oh yeah, they did, um, and. Uh, and me highlighting South Dakota State being tired wasn't certainly anything to take away from Nebraska, too, by the way. To oh, no, no, not at all. But it's, yeah. a fa- it's a fact. Yeah, exactly. So, But having said that, the first half was what I think you, Nate, and myself have all been harping on of when this team finally gets it. And, uh, I mean, they had all week to practice and 
and get some time to focus on the fact that they had those two losses and work to get better at it. And you saw him come out in the first half and just do exactly what Hoiberg ball is, push the ball, be fast, make sure you get those easy transition points. And it was a thing of beauty to see. Yeah, no, oh, oh, exactly. Like they, there was a flow. There was a rhythm to how they were doing things. Now, again, you know, South Dakota State kind of allowed that, but, you know, I mean, it was, if anything, that style of play, how they played against South Dakota State is, it not only gives the audience, the fans kind of something to look forward to, an idea of how things are going to be, but it also does something for their psyche that they can go out there as a team and perform as they should on the big stage. You know, I mean, it's early in the season, um, but still, I mean, it's it's wins like these are going to do are, are going to pay dividends down the road for this team. And I think that's, that's yeah. you know, it was, it was perfect time, perfect everything. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny because I was thinking earlier after their second loss, you looked at a lot of these um, a lot of these schools Nebraska is playing coming up. And after a while, it things are going to get tough. The Big Ten is going to be tough. Um, they play some not great teams in the non-con, but teams that could easily beat Nebraska. And a lot of people were telling me, you know, gosh, you know, I can't see these guys winning more than two or three games this season. But this win over South Dakota State, how they played, the style, the energy, the confidence makes me feel like, and I mean, you please laugh if you're at home listening to this, but this is back to a 9-10-11 win team. <laughs> You know, I mean, just just based on mm. fact, to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think we saw a lot of promise out of tonight for what uh, things can be moving forward uh, with some more practice time, some more game experience, some more time uh, with each other, just kind of getting how everybody uh, plays. And some of the other things, too, that I saw, especially in the first half of the game, we actually saw a lot of guys hustling to the ball on rebounds. We saw we still saw people breaking back for transition points, but you saw more than just one guy going after the ball, and that's something that we're really going to need if we actually want to get transition points with rebounds. Is not just uh, you know having everybody rush down to try and get the easy transition point. You saw two, three guys going after the ball and grabbing the rebound on the defensive end, and that was really great. And another thing that um, I I meant to mention in the podcast last week, uh, but I, I forgot about it in my notes, and I, I did notice that they improved on it this week, is uh, they stopped cheating quite as much on defense. That was something that they were particularly bad in in the first two games of leaving somebody open on the complete opposite side of the floor, and... It was they were basically on the ball side of the lane and they would throw it from the opposite end of the key all the way to the other guy. And he'd have a wide open three that he'd sink while they were still trying to get back. And they quit doing that quite so much. Um, There's a there's the right way to play help defense in that position. And there's the way to do it where you're just being lazy and cheating and you're going to get burned on the three pointer. And they kept doing it, getting burned. And in particular, in the first half, when I was keeping an eye out for it against South Dakota State, they weren't doing that. And that was uh, that was nice to see that Doc Sadler was kind of drilling them on that a little bit. I think. 
Yeah, it was it was it was pretty much a 180 on how they played defense. How you know, I mean, those first two games, it was it was just kind of very lax, very chill on kind of you know, like okay, I'm back on defense. I'm gonna do what I can in my area that I'm supposed to do, and then hope to God somebody else gets the rebound and we go back and I know what to do on offense. You know, in this game, it was literally we can't do that anymore. I got to throw everything I can into defense, or we're gonna lose again. Right? Yeah, exactly. It um, it, it was a nice change to, to see them. Can- yeah, exactly. Um, the, the one thing I was um, a little bit curious about uh, in the first half, they didn't do this in the second half, but in the first half, they did a lot of double teaming in ways that um, if I had more time to go back and watch the game tape, I'd be curious to see if against a better uh, or at least a more rested team, rather, um, whether or not dishing the ball back out might have burned them a little bit. They, But they did a lot of double teaming down low to try and compensate for size. That has me a little bit uh, curious how that might go against a different team necessarily, but it, it worked in the first that, half. It's probably a little bit bigger, has a little bit more athletic ability down there. Well, between that and, uh, I mean, if they have the size down low and you have to double team to uh, kind of compensate for that, are you going to get burned if they also have perimeter players, uh, mm-hmm. say, you know, like a Cassius Winston with Michigan State who can sink the three and, and make it hurt if, uh, say, Xavier Tillman's going to dish it back out to him kind of thing. Yeah, let's, um, let's, let's, Indiana, let's too, would be a good example. Bring up one of the top players in the nation to compare it to. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's an easy point of reference, but also Indiana no, it, it, would be a great it, it, example it, it, because they work it, down low. It, Illinois actually is even better because uh, they really love working a down to their post, popping it back out to their perimeter players. That, that's a better example. So I, I'll I'll uh, try to hey, you, increase no, my Big Ten cred here. Go, point out Illinois you would know. be a better one. You, you go with what you know. You know Michigan State. They're a phenomenal team. They're a phenomenal team to reference. They do so many things well. So in terms of kind of giving our, our listeners an idea of what to look for, you might as well go for the best. I, I, Your I, words, not I, mine. I I'm not going to disagree, though. <laughs> no, that's how it is. No, I mean, it, it was a good night. Cam Mack had 24 points. Burke and Cheatham, they both had 17 uh, defense, uh, the rebounding was huge in that game. Um, everybody pulled down who started, uh, pulled down big time, even off the bench. Um, you know, the scoring wasn't that huge, you know, cross came off again and had a great night with 10 points, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, the paint was a lot better utilized, uh, from beyond the three guys were just nailing stuff. Um, as a whole, I think the team ended with like 48, 49% from the field, uh, just an overall better performance from Nebraska. And, oh, yeah. you know, and, and again, you know, I think we stated earlier, we stated in previews, this was probably the best team technically that Nebraska has gone up against and they showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm easily was the only one who didn't have a rebound in this game and he played a minute and a half roughly. I think he came in with like 120 to go, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and uh one second, let me make sure I get his name right. 
Udrago uh, had one hell the, of a night with 12 the rebounds. French <laughs> yeah, Yvonne. Yeah, uh, he, he still looked like a freshman at times. He did oh, get yeah. four personal fouls, but, I mean, the guy's 17. If I could play like that when I was 17, I would have been on the varsity team in high school getting offers from a directional Michigan school, and I wouldn't have had any, uh, you know, school uh, oh, bills, exactly. no, so to say. So, he's starting I mean, I, I'm not going to... He's yeah no he's he's good this is this is his first year in America playing the American style of play and he's uh the guy's the guy's got a huge ceiling um get him you name me an American big man who can play his freshman season without occasionally getting into foul trouble and I will name you a non-existent human being oh so. exactly oh dude if if he was an American player he'd be fouling out before the second half. Yeah, it it's crazy. He's going to be a a good uh, good threat for Nebraska down the road. The Big just, Ten should take note. We, we we just need one more of him. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know an extra two or three inches on his clone uh, wouldn't be bad. Exactly. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. He's no. he's a he's a threat. That's for sure. He's good. Yeah. No. He's 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 impressed early on. Um, it, it's to me. It, it's not hard to see his upside for the future. He's he's going to be a major major part of Hoiberg's system going forward. Um, he's just you know he's still in a growing stage, but God, there's I can't see a ceiling as of right now. I mean, it, it'll happen at some point, but if if Hoiberg, and again, I'm talking talking about Nebraska as a whole, um, if Hoiberg can develop like our past coaches have struggled to do, uh, this guy is going to be. A major threat, especially once Big Ten Big Ten play starts, you know, down the road. Not not necessarily this year, but you know, sophomore junior year, he should be something to contend with, you know, to where we can actually play up against teams, big teams, like the Maryland's and Purdue's of the world. Oh yeah. We'll definitely be seeing his name as Big Ten player of the week, uh, more often than not when it comes to uh historically for Nebraska players down the road. Yeah, so no, it was it was a good game. I I really can't think of anything else to say on that game. Again, it's third game of the year. Hoiberg got his first win. Next game is Southern University. Uh, they're two and two. Both their wins are against teams that aren't even Division One schools. Um, I haven't looked into them too much. Uh, we play them this Friday. It's uh, I I I know they had single digit wins last year. They're not going to – they shouldn't be much of a threat to Nebraska. Nebraska's had an entire week off <laughs> in between games. So hopefully they've rested up enough. But, uh, yeah, this Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time, Nebraska, game's not going to be televised. It'll be BP, BTN Plus. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it should be an, It should be the second win of the Hoiberg era. But, I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about him yet. Um, I'm not sure if you do either, but looking forward, you know, it's it should really. I, I think Nebraska should have no reason but to win on Friday. I definitely think so. I, I mean, I'll be honest. Anybody who read my preview over the summer of them, um, I didn't honestly know they exist. And I've been to Baton Rouge. Uh, I forget if it's three or four times for LSU football games with a friend of mine. Um, and I was like, oh, there's a completely other 
D1 basketball school in that city that I had literally flown over when flying into the airport one time and didn't even realize it. But uh, they did beat – or no, I'm sorry. They did lose to New Mexico State, which um, I had to do a double take and try and remember if that was the one that uh, Troy Bolton High School Musical was supposed to be being recruited by or if that was University of New Mexico. But, uh, yeah, there's my um, – gay credentials as the coronation <laughs> writer for the week so i think that was new mexico university uh new mexico university or university of new mexico they're the, they're the basketball school in that state yeah the the red yeah. hawks i believe not not that that uh movie series actually ever represents basketball well but red you know, it's new mexico i think wolves and new mexico state aggies okay yeah uh yeah so they beat the aggies uh 79 or no i'm sorry they they lost to the aggies 79 63 uh last week on thursday night but they did beat ecclesia which i have no idea who they are other than they are not a d1 program they're 121 to 55 they're a college so they don't tech so, so they don't grant phd programs if i remember right well, no, my alma mater does, and they're still a college, so... Is it that, that just one... their name, though? I thought to be a university, you had to technically grant PhDs. Um, I, I think you can be uh, a college and grant PhDs, but you cannot be a university and grant there PhDs. There we go. So, so you can be a college that gives them, but you cannot be a uh, university who doesn't give them. There you go. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, no, it's uh, it should it should be a good game. Um, get your BTN Plus geared up if you don't have it already. Uh, I still need to give Delaney those bucks before he retires. Come on, guys. Oh God, yeah, and yeah. gals. Yeah, we don't we we don't want have the we don't want Delaney to have a bad retirement. He gave us Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You make sure to reward Delaney for giving us Rutgers, everybody. You you sign up for that BTN Plus subscription now. You know the fact. You, you know that because we have Rutgers, there's probably another five million dollars in that media market alone that goes to each school, right? Pretty much. I mean, I I don't know why that is, but they are in it's, the it's, New York City DMA, and it's, so it's therefore, it's the footprint. It's the footprint. It's not the people who watch. For all exactly. we know, nobody watches anything Rutgers. I'm not saying I'm not trying to belittle Rutgers, but Rutgers could have nobody watching their stuff. But the fact that BTN is being paid by New Jersey, New York, you know, Pennsylvania, that area cable providers is why they got brought in. So I mean, it's not even like anybody Rutgers or could watch Rutgers. The Big Ten is still getting paid. Exactly. I mean, the New York Jets exist. Please convince me that anybody actually watches them in New York City. You can't. That's exactly the point. It, people still end up doing that. It's called bundling. It's why cable is losing out to uh, to cord cutting. So, yeah, that's a good point. Who watches the Jets anymore, other than really, really old Alabama fans? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> if if <laughs> I'm not gonna explain that joke if you don't get it at home, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it could be worse. You could be a Lions fan. If you watch the Lions, you just hate yourself. Ooh. Welcome to being a Lions fan, everybody. That's well. <laughs> it Do you own a Kid Rock album? Um, I don't own an album, but I'm not going to pretend like I don't have a couple Kid Rock songs on my uh, uh, phone in my iTunes. So, well, there you go. I'm trying to think of major, like nationally known Lions fans. And Kid Rock well, comes first. You know, I've been to a Lions Thanksgiving Day game, which for everybody out there who's complaining, this is next week, so That's I'm going to go off cool. on a on a tangent of a sport that doesn't exist, mind you. Uh, but the Lions are the ones that started Thanksgiving Day football tradition. That They've always true. lost, pretty much. I think they have like a plus 70% losing percentage in these games. But that's also a Lions tradition. And I've been to one Lions Thanksgiving Day game in my life. And the halftime show, Nickelback. Oh. But Sue stomped on a Green I, Bay Packers it, player. Oh, man, in that I game. wish Nate was on this podcast right now. <laughs> He's a huge Nickelback fan. I, I do remember you guys talking about Nickelback earlier this, this summer <laughs> in one of the podcasts. And I was like, I had to go to a game with them. Two two thirds of this podcast has seen Nickelback live. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not one of their better performances, but Sue stomped on I think Aaron Rodgers that game. If it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, it was a Green Bay Packers fan player who did deserve it. So it was, I think it was know. a lineman, if I remember right. I remember that game. Yeah, there was a so different was game where he stomped on. Aaron Rodgers, and I, I was totally a fan of that, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was like a lineman for the Thanksgiving Day game. Oh, God, yeah. No, that was that was not ideal. But, yeah, no, that, that, that's cool. I mean, is just curiosity-wise, I mean, Lions, you know, if you follow sports, if you follow the NFL, you know that it's Thanksgiving Day games are big. The Cowboys, I think, almost always play, too. But like, what what goes into that game? Like, what's what are the festivities around the Thanksgiving Day game for the Lions? Um, so they do a Thanksgiving Day parade in Detroit proper, um, and then there's the game, and that's more or less it as far as I know. Um, so I mean, you usually do uh, kind of a fun turkey uh, spoof hat kind of thing if you want to try and get on TV. Uh, but that, that's about it. It's, it's pretty much just the, uh, the parade and the game for the lions We're the early game in the day. Then it's the giants or not the giants. I'm sorry. Uh, the Cowboys. And I think usually the giants end up with the night game, but I don't think they have the dedicated, uh, Thanksgiving day game. I, I think more often than not, it's a giants for the third game of the day, but it, it's, it's not the tradition that it is in Detroit. Exactly. We're the team that started it. So, you know, how many years has it been? I I want to say the first one was probably in the 30s. Actually. Oh, oh wow. Like, it's an old tradition. Like and 60s. OK. All right. <laughs> I, I want to say the first game was back in the 30s. I, I'm not going to say that every single year after that was a Thanksgiving Day game. But the first one started, I'm pretty sure, back in in the 30s era 
Um, if anybody uh, wants to Google it and correct me on that, I'm I'm not going to do it during the podcast and be 100% sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the 30s. So uh, it's pretty old, and they lost the first game pretty badly. <laughs> so... Who they lose I to? I don't remember that part. I I have no idea to be honest. Um, Quite a team that's no longer around. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty. At close. least they didn't lose to Jim Harbaugh. The last so. couple of decades, the Lions have not exactly been the most favorable of NFL teams, but that tradition alone is pretty cool. The fact that they've done that every year on Thanksgiving for this long. Exactly. For, for everybody who complains of why do we have to watch the Lions lose on Thanksgiving, well, we've been doing it since the 1930s. It's an American tradition at this point. Our, our, our grandparents watched it when they were kids. <laughs> exactly. So if, if you don't like it, then maybe you should try and force the Ford family to sell the Lions to somebody who won't turn them from a franchise that used to win championships prior to the NFL to a team and franchise that has won one playoff game in the Super Bowl era. One playoff game in the entire Super Bowl era. Cleveland, listen up. (laughs) Actually, uh, one more joke about this. There's a great um, uh, genie joke, actually, or like a magical fairy joke thing that uh, popped up earlier this season. Somebody um, came across a fairy who could grant one wish. And they said, well, I want to live forever. And the fairy said, well, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. You don't, like, that's not how the rules are. You, you got to wish for something else. I wish I can die the second after the Lions win the Super Bowl. You crafty bastard was the response. <laughs> I've learned more about Detroit than I ever thought I would tonight. Well, on the bright side, at least nobody is going to make jokes about that at the end of the Fred Hoiberg era because we're going to have an NCAA tournament win under him at some point. Not this season, but at some point. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it, let, let's go for two or three. Hey, you know what? I would put money on beat Northwestern this year. Yeah, they're... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, my preseason preview of saying, hey, they might not actually be the basement team is uh, not living up too well so far. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they're, you, if you think, for the folks playing at home who don't follow or haven't been following that much, if you think, if you think Northwestern's football team's offense can't score, you should check out their basketball team this year. Yeah, it's bad. Mm, We'll Not wait pretty. till we get into conference play to get too much into it, but no, North North Northwestern, their peak of beating Nebraska and actually having a NCAA tournament win about three years ago, four years ago, that might as well have been thirty years ago. Right now, their uh, their play, yeah, we don't have it that bad right now, folks. Yeah. I, I will admit, prior to this week, uh, so prior to, this is Tuesday night, so prior to the game tonight, 
They did have their one loss to Providence Friars, who did have 23 AP votes. But their opponent tonight uh, is not a AP uh, ranked team or even one receiving votes, and it was not pretty. Um, I, I oh god, now now you're putting me on the spot. Um, no, I just I, I just know like it's I I remember the fact that they went one of like. 17 uh after the 16 minute mark in the first half but um radford. i don't remember who it was that they actually played it was radford they they got ah, beat yeah. 67 56 yeah this is oh god that's terrible and i mean this isn't even a, a basketball score for wisconsin versus virginia like well th- their first loss was to merrimack 71 61 and then, yeah, they beat Providence, didn't they? Oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I said that they lost to Providence. I was wrong. I'm sorry, Northwestern listeners. I got that flipped. It was, uh, they had a 20 to 10 turnover margin against them and still managed uh, to win. That was what yeah, it was. Yeah, Providence had a terrible night. Yeah. I mean, how do you have a 100% turnover margin? Uh, advantage over your opponent and st- while receiving AP votes and still lose to them. <laughs> I get it's yeah. early in the season, but wow. Exactly, I, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's exactly it. If, if you want to play defense, go to Northwestern. Yeah. So. If you want to read books in the stands, too, also go to Northwestern. You know, that's not a bad scenario. I wouldn't mind going to football games that were boring enough to where, or bas- football, basketball, even baseball, to where I could read a book. That wouldn't that, that wouldn't be a bad situation. I'm actually far more excited about bucket listing their basketball arena after they renovated it than I am of going back to properly bucket list it for football. <laughs> I've heard good things about their new arena. Yeah. Yeah, they, they sunk a lot of money into it. It's they, um, they, they've it, sunk it's, a lot of money into everything but the football stadium. Pretty much, yeah. The, let's hope that that's the next thing with their Delaney Bucks that they'll do. So, yeah, I mean, I, I they've even got a nice little baseball stadium for you know uh, top level high schools. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it's promise nice. with sort of like the fun old Gothic style of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, when you Go up against UMass and have tickets going for zero dollars on the secondary market. Uh, it's it's tough to really warrant doing too much with it. So yeah, other than reducing capacity. Yeah, no, I I think I think if they just all they need to do is upgrade their stadium, just make it nicer. I think they'd have more people show up, don't you? Yeah, um, I I think the biggest thing would be do away with the end zone seating. As much as I hate that. Uh, saying that rather because I have a weird bias of I love um, actual enclosed stadiums on all end zones, um, which is something that the Big Ten has an advantage of over the SEC, by the way. Uh, So suck it, SEC. We have more enclosed stadiums than you do in football. You know why that is? It's because when you get up north and you get up into the October-November football games, you need those enclosed stadiums to keep the wind out. <laughs> You're telling me SEC teams can't play in the cold and the wind in November? You know, I, saw, Patrick. 
I saw a joke on Twitter not too long ago. It's, you know, not everybody wants, you know, why is it, you know, the SEC and stuff like that? Why do they have so many better players? They keep players at home because, you know, players don't want to go up and play in the, you know, frozen tundra. Well, on the flip side, not everybody wants to play in a fat man's hairy armpit either. So (laughs) that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it goes both ways. So anyway, there's our SEC slam for the day. So yep, it, it's basketball season. Basically, we can throw shade at them. So, hey, well, let's be honest. SEC the last year or two has had some. They've had more. They, they've had some pretty decent basketball schools. It's not just Kentucky anymore. Fairly true. Although I I will say this, uh, despite being good friends with an LSU fan, um, LSU did cheat to get good, and I guarantee you Auburn cheated to get good. But uh, Auburn brought in Bruce Pearl. I'm they're by far better than they've been in a long time because of him. But let's just do some math on there. Yeah, what are so, the odds that that's you know not gonna yeah. get stripped away someday? Exactly. But you know, Florida's becoming a better team. Tennessee made a heck of a run last year in the tournament. I think they made the Sweet 16, what Elite Eight, something like that. Yeah, Arkansas has some good years and some bad years. They they definitely have some I think, good runs. I think, I think they're still working their way up. Yeah, and uh, you know Georgia does have an Izzo Acklight and Tom Crean who had some success doing well at Marquette. There. Yeah, so mixed far. bag at Indiana, doing well at Georgia. So South Carolina well, just had their first Final Four run. What two years ago? Yeah. No, he so. the benefit of him is he's a good coach. He just doesn't have he he won't have the Indiana baggage looming over him at Georgia. Yeah, if you want to I talk about that, Nebraska football, just, Indiana just psychologically that will benefit him greatly. Yeah. So, anyway, that's all I got for tonight, man. Yep, same here. Cool. Right. Well, thank you all for listening. Hopefully, next week we will have our co-host. Nate, along with us, we've yet to do a, I think it's the Five Heart Podcast calls it a tripod. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, that, yep. that's their language. We we'll have to come up with a... Yeah. So, when we all three to get together, we will we, we will think of a better name for it. But anyway... We'll the Bangerang and Daggers three-point team. How about that? Three-man weave. Like, there we go. Three-man weave. It's <laughs> a great fast break move. Three-man weave. That's it. Yeah. Hopefully by next week we have our own three-man weave. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Thanks for listening, folks.